0: Today celebrates exactly six months since I launched the Focus on Why podcast, and what a crazy six months it's been. This is my 15th Reflections and Observations episode, and it feels fantastic to be reflecting on these more recent episodes, including the big 100. Focus on Why has now made its way across the world and is being downloaded by listeners in 64 countries. In these Reflections episodes, I take the opportunity to share moments from each episode that have resonated with me and explore them a little deeper with the intention to provoke action, initiate a conversation or instigate a thought. So first up today is episode 100, The Ripple Effect. As I said, so much has happened since launching this show. And in this special 100th episode, I invited members of the podcast audience to share their experiences of what they've done as a result of tuning in to focus on why over the last six months. It was an incredible episode, emotional for me to hear that something I've created has had such an impact on so many people in very different ways. My message to you is that if you have an idea and think that it could be of benefit to others, just do it. I'm an action taker and I'm not afraid to step outside my comfort zone. But it hasn't always been that way, not at all. This has been a journey of exploration that I've taken myself on and one which I continue to travel on. I inspire people who in turn inspire others and thus the ripple effect continues its own journey. Did you listen to this episode? If not, I recommend that you do, as it's a wonderful compilation from various people across the world. And I'd like to take this opportunity to say thank you once more to everyone who's contributed. Everyone has a story to tell. At the beginning of lockdown, as one door closed, another opened, and I launched this second podcast. I invited guests onto the show to share their differing perspectives. Despite technological advances in life, human behaviour hasn't really changed much over the millennia as we still seek belonging and purpose in how we live our lives. The connections we form with the people around us, the stories we share, how we communicate our messages and the fundamental understanding of human behaviour all lie at the heart of these stories. So, 100 episodes since the launch of Focus on Why on 30th of April 2020, there's been a whole range of emotions shared as each guest took the audience with them on an emotional journey while sharing their unique why. To celebrate the 100th episode landmark, I invited members of the audience to share what ripple effects have taken place as a result of tuning in. A nurse from Amsterdam cycles to work, stopping to write notes that she could use with her oncology patients and students. A coach from New York uses inspiration to help his clients focus on their dreams. A consultant in London realigns his business with his values. An angel investor from Malta has since built an internal wide brain filter as to who she will and won't invest with. I believe that with a ripple effect, it gives you the power to literally change the world person by person. When you reach out to help people, the ripple effect will naturally occur. Don't expect anything in return. Just aim to give value to make that difference. Creating opportunities and possibilities for those people who believe they're capable of achieving their dreams but have been holding themselves back. I believe that this podcast provides connection, inspiration, and motivation to instigate those thoughts to become actions. After listening to relatable experiences, people across the world have felt empowered to step up and start living and stop existing, to start finding work that is fulfilling and to stop just filling in those moments. The ripple effect is real. Next up is episode 101, Pay It Forward with Dixesh Patel. Dixesh says, carpe diem, seize the moment and don't be afraid to have a go. And this reminds me of something that I read almost four years ago now. Love the life you have, while you create the life of your dreams. Don't think you have to choose one over the other. This was written by Hal Elrod. And it was written in The the Miracle Morning, which was one of the first books in the self-development realm that I encountered. And it has had a profound effect on me. As a result of reading this book, I took myself on a journey through education, business development and financial literacy. Elrod said... And I wholeheartedly agree. Make today the best day of your life because there is simply no good reason not to. Sound advice, indeed. And yet this is not new advice. The words Carpe Diem, Caesar Day, were taken from Horace's Odes in 23 BC. William Shakespeare's poem entitled Carpe Diem carefully weaves this strong message into his play, Twelfth Night, written at the turn of the 17th century. And in the 19th century, the words of Jack London, the proper function of man is to live, not to exist. I shall not waste my days in trying to prolong them. I shall use my time. In 1989, Robin Williams, in his role as Mr. Keating in Dead Poet Society, encourages his students to make their lives extraordinary and seize the day. Carpe diem. Whilst quoting a contemporary of William Shakespeare, the British poet Robert Herrick's lines from To the Virgins to make much of time poem. Gather ye rosebuds while ye may, old time is still a flying, and this same flower that smiles today, tomorrow will be dying. With sage advice rippling through the ages on page, stage, and screen, I ask the questions how and why so many in life continue to allow life to happen to them, to exist, not live. In today's world, 40 years of the information age rapidly evolving, we now have a wealth of knowledge available at our fingertips. So I still don't understand how people can remain ignorant of how they could combat their fears and avoid negative emotions. Have a purpose and a plan. Embrace learning. Hold positive beliefs. Be self-aware and take control. Live, not exist. This was the truth for Dixesh, as one day having returned from a holiday to Thailand, he stood in front of the mirror, tearful knowing that he had to make drastic changes fast or he could face an early death just as his father had at only 51. Focusing on transforming his body, he dropped an incredible 50 kilograms. This feat led him to being featured in Men's Health magazine, aged 50. Dixesh had found his calling found his why and connected with it on many levels and is now working at a t- as a total performance coach, focusing on combining the mind, body and business, seeking spiritual peace and advocating a stress-free, zero-anxiety lifestyle where you live for the moment, your present. Indeed, carpe diem. Episode 102, Lean into Change with Adele Martin. This is a conversation I'd been looking forward to sharing for a while, as it's the unspoken conversation. Many people have reached out to share their menopause experiences, and these haven't just been women. This was Louise Wrighton's response. Wow, what an episode, Amy and Adele. I just ran in halfway through my walk to hit the keyboard. Such important work you're doing, Adele, and we need so much more education on menopause. At 47, I thought I was losing my mind. I was a sandwiched midlifer, stressed on all fronts, on the one hand supporting my dad through Alzheimer's, putting him into care, and finally him passing away, and on the other side, fighting my local council in the courts for my artistic daughter's EH and C plan, my lost year, all while working full time in an international career, and unbeknown to me, I was also suffering perimenopause symptoms. I'd never even heard of perimenopause, let alone recognise the symptoms. I thought I was ten years away from menopause and it never entered my head. I was struggling with the most basic of tasks and could not stop crying. The brain fog was horrendous. I thought it was mental health and I was having a breakdown. It was only by chance that I read an interview with Meg Matthews in Red magazine, and I realized I had all of the peri symptoms. I'd never had a hot flush. Realising though, through some googling that my GP may well go down the antidepressant route, I went straight to a private gynae to get the diagnosis confirmed and get straight onto HRT. I felt better within a week and I've never looked back. From 47 to 51, which is where I am now, I have continued in my full-time career, started three businesses and become a SAS trustee as well as writing my first book about SAS. If I'd not read that interview, I'd dread to think what would have happened to me. Keep up the great work and thank you for what you're doing for us. When listening to this episode with Adele sharing her story, did you recognise yourself or anyone you know who's experienced scenarios as described? I'm curious to hear your insights. For me, the one moment that I took from Adele's conversation is when she said she was coaching a lady when her son popped his head around the door and said, thanks for giving my mum back. Wow, I have to say that was a bit of a tearjerker for me. It just goes to show how much impact the menopause has not only had on the individuals affected, but on the lives of all of those around them too. As Adele says, "Let's keep meno talking, keep the conversation going, spread awareness far and wide, step up, and just lean in and understand what is going to happen to you. Don't make it a taboo subject. The more we talk about this, the more natural it becomes." Episode 103, Fear and Resilience with Mark Wingfield. Mark didn't set out to do what he does. It kind of evolved over the years. He empowers people to deal with difficult situations and instead of waiting for these moments to happen and then deal with the aftereffects, he creates these fearful moments. He describes his workshops as a, a bit weird and wacky But actually, what I see they do is they prepare people for potential dangers, equipping them with the necessary tools to disarm their perpetrators. These tools are mostly verbal. Words can be used as powerful weapons to protect us. About 13 years ago, we were burgled in our home whilst we were sleeping. We woke up to find the back door wide open, my handbag, laptop, camera, car, all gone. We'd slept through all of it, and it was a traumatic experience. But thankfully, we'd not had to confront anyone. Still, I'd felt incredibly threatened and vulnerable. What was good as an outcome of this experience is that we had a conversation about what would happen next time should ever happen again. We decided that we would go straight into our children's bedrooms and close the door, call the police. Not worth confronting them. Our lives are worth way more than just a laptop or a car. And this is kind of what Mark does he instigates conversations and prepares your reactions to potential confrontations which could be verbal or physical. He shows you how to de-escalate a situation rapidly. Invaluable tools for those who are working frontline where emotions often run high and various factors come into play. It's funny how life gives people their various roles to play. For Mark it is role playing that is his superpower helping people to protect themselves from potential harm. This was triggered from situations that he was witness to as a young child at school. And now it has become his profession and his vocation. Next up is episode 104, Free the Story with Stacia Keo. Stacia's passionate around storytelling and believes that there is nothing in life more fascinating than stories. She says that in life stuff happens and stories tell us how and why they happen. Stories are how we explain things to ourselves and to one another. In essence, these Reflections episodes are just a collection of short stories. What's your story? We all have one. We all have many. And sometimes we have to tease them out from within. But for others, their story is shouting from the rooftops. Stacia references the incredible story that J.K. Rowling shared in her Harvard commencement speech, where she flipped the story of success on its head as she talked instead of the gift of failure. A powerful message delivered with huge impact. Stacia then references Brené Brown and how often we make up a story on the spot if we don't have enough credible information. As our conversation moved on in a different direction, I'd just like to delve into that message into a bit more detail. If you've heard Brené speak and share her story before, then you'll know exactly where I'm heading. It's the story of her swimming in the lake with her husband. I'm not going to retell Brené's story as this is best heard from her but it is a story that changed the trajectory of her life. Go check it out. I've put the link in the show notes. Brenny shared how our misunderstandings and misinterpretations create consequences of our own design, that we often project our own reasonings and conclusions without even seeking the information we need to get the full story. It's all about how we interpret situations, how we read the situation, and we fill in the blanks with our own versions of what we believe to be true. It's simply our take or or our reading of a situation and often it's not really helpful to anyone to do this. Stephen Covey's words are rattling around in my head as I'm speaking right now. First seek to understand, then be understood. So back to Brené and her Lake story. Go check it out. Brené's vulnerability is evident, but her message is bold. Her life hack is powerful. The story I'm making up. Five words. Share with others your take on the story first so they can understand what you have perceived from the situation and how accurate it is. Be honest, transparent and vulnerable when you say the story I'm making up. Brené says it conveys, I want you to see me and understand me and hear me. And knowing what you really mean is more important to me than being right or self-protecting. See life from other people's perspective. Share your vulnerability and understand the truth. Don't make assumptions. Next up is 105, Create Your Legacy with Louise Wrighton. That's twice we've heard from Louise today in this episode. She talks about the lost year, or in fact, it could have been two lost years. Were they even lost years at all? Often we refer to things as negative when the outcomes were in fact overwhelmingly positive. We perceive challenges as difficult and hard and they feel like they're a waste of our time as we'd naturally prefer an easier life. But actually, is that the case? When we experience hardship, it makes us stronger, more resilient. It empowers us and pushes us to grow. It pushes us to make the decisions that we often defer. It pushes us to strive for what we truly believe in. Louise refers to a lost year where she had to campaign fight for her daughter's rights to for the education she needed. It cost her money and time but in the end Louise got what she believed to be the right future for her daughter. We will go to extraordinary lengths to fight for what we believe in no matter how hard it is at the time. I'm sure Louise will be listening to this and say she'd do exactly the same all over again if she had to. Louise faced a difficult situation ahead of the time that she needed to face it She prepared her family for a future that is yet to happen. She took decision making in her own hands and has created a legacy for her family. Louise talks about Ebony Wood being symbolic for her family and I was intrigued to find out more about what Ebony Wood means. For pagans, Ebony is considered something precious that has to be looked after for the next generation. It is a symbol of power, purity, balance, protection and luck. Pagans believe this wood amplifies magnetic energy and it's revered as the most powerful and protective of all wood types. Ebony trees are generally slow growing and small, therefore the demand is high. The low supply and high demand for this type of wood makes it much more expensive than any other type of wood. It is dense enough to sink in water and is finely textured and has a mirror finish when polished, making it beautiful and valuable as an ornamental wood. Louise talks of the ebony wand being happiest in the hands of those that are non-conformist and highly individual and have the courage to be themselves and not be swayed from their purpose. And these all describe the reasons really for choosing to go on a different path. As she cites J.K. Rowling and Harry Potter, Louise used her ebony wand in the form of a sass pension to cast a powerful spell. For me, this episode's themes centres on protection, power and love, symbolised in the form of ebony wood. Louise has essentially used her ebony wand to create an invisible force field around her family, enabling them to live a life where they can all achieve their full potential, knowing that they have security for the future powerful magic indeed and that's it for me today again I encourage you to share with me what actions you take as a result of tuning into these episodes these are just my reflections and observations and I'm aware that there are so many different perspectives and directions that you could pursue or I could pursue from each of these stories so I wish you well stay safe in these unusual times control what you can take responsibility for your present and your future live don't exist If you would like me to help you focus on your why, then please book a free 20-minute coaching call via candidlycom forward slash Amy Rowlandson. And if you haven't already, please sign up for the Friday Focus weekly newsletter via my website, amyrollinson.com. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why.